is the Go Blue Crew. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I am Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. Derek, first things first, we've been talking about it the last couple weeks. It's Whiskey Wednesday. Are you enjoying a glass? Today, no, but only because I was on the road traveling for work. So I have not really had much time to do really anything but, you know, log on to the computer and and chit-chat with you. Okay, well, I made myself uh, what I'm going to call like a poor man's old-fashioned because I don't have an orange, so I couldn't get an orange slice. But I do have orange juice, so I sort of doubled it up like two to one bourbon to orange juice, and then I threw in, uh, uh, you know, a couple splashes of bitters, um, my simple syrup, and then a couple ice cubes. And I'm impressed with this. I think this is like, it's definitely not an old fashioned you're going to get at a nice restaurant. It's not going to fool anybody, but it's got that still like old fashioned taste to it, which is really good. I don't know how you feel about old fashions, but I'm pretty into this. I would definitely do it again. And uh, I think I gave everyone the recipe. So absolutely. I mean, check this thing out. You don't have an orange slice or something like that. You can just replace it with orange juice. It's super easy. I feel like you've done it right, and I, tonight, haven't done it at all. So I, you know, award you for for your creativity. I feel like, yeah, maybe not quite restaurant-worthy, uh, but I could see it, you know, being ordered at a dive bar. I swear we're going to get into the, the show, like what we really came here to talk about. But part of my job, like in the media, is occasionally you get to go to, um, like, preview events or tastings. So I was recently invited to a bourbon tasting and it was basically like for an hour bottomless old fashions and like fancy nice old fashions so i put three away that there was another guy there drinking them like you would drink gatorade like it was crazy i put three away we walk over to shake shack i get a burger it's my first experience at shake shack like i'm having a good time just a top 10 night in my adult life almost i shouldn't say that um i'm sure i've had like 10 other better nights it's just the recency bias thing bottomless old fashions for an hour i couldn't believe it i feel like and here we are delaying even more technically but i feel like that does sound like a top 10 night and i'll tell you why and this might be too hot of a take okay but i think shake shack's a, a top 10 restaurant we have not had a shake shack around here until um, I mean, this year it opened up, I think, and I wasn't ever able to go to it because it's like 30 minutes away and it was always super busy, but this restaurant we were at was like right beside it. So we had kind of planned in advance. We're like, we're going to do this tasting and then we're going to go over to Shake Shack and see what all the buzz is. It's pretty good. I don't know if I'd say top 10, but definitely something i'd go back to i feel like top 10 in the sense of you know restaurants that style i'd say top three okay you know, could be my favorite wow top 10 restaurants yeah you know that's a stretch there's a lot of really good restaurants out there especially when you're you know you dive into the the unique ones in each you know given big city but i'm a big shake shack fan so at the end of the day i was just trying to you know express that it is one of my favorite <laughs> places to grab food we'll uh we'll go ahead and get shake shack on, on the podcast sometime it's just like a topic we can yeah. delve into um 
But the real thing we came here to talk about today, Derek, I have a list of questions for you. And these are, I think some of them are difficult. Not difficult in that it's going to take a lot of knowledge. It's just, it's going to be difficult um, because it's going to, you're going to have to follow your heart and sort of, you know, make uh, like split second decisions. Trust your gut. It's one of those things. So I'll get to my first one as soon as you feel like you're ready. Well, I mean, first, I I guess I'll share that I have no idea what's happening right now. Oh, yeah, that was and part of the it, fun. You know, it's part of the plan. So as, as you listen, um, I am also hearing these for the first time. And, you know, there's times where we'll definitely, you know, have no idea what we're going to talk about and still put together a pretty good show. But this was, I was prepped in the sense that I knew you'd ask me questions. But I, yeah, I... Hopefully my heart's uh, in in great condition today because I if I have to answer with my heart that could you know we could go in some crazy directions. The first one will set the tone and you'll kind of know what to expect after that. And I promise it's nothing off the wall or anything like that. But here's the first one. I want to know: Will Michigan start more than one quarterback this season? Yes. Elaborate. Who's it going to be? Do I have to tell you who? Well, we're going to okay. talk yeah, about I, it for a minute at least. Yeah, I, I think uh, J.J. McCarthy gets a start at some point. Along with Cade um, McNamara, then? Yes, yes, okay. yes, yes, for sure. I think J.J. gets a start. I don't know, you know, my heart's not really telling me if I think it's due to injury or due to the fact that he's just balling at another level. But, yeah, I sense that J.J. will get a start. So, yeah, if that's the case, you know, I see two different Michigan quarterbacks starting a football game. I don't see J.J. McCarthy just like becoming a superstar and forcing his way into the starting uh, lineup. But, uh, you know, if, if Cade McNamara is like just being kind of uh, mediocre, maybe that's the catalyst. If Cade McNamara is having just like a good season, it's kind of hard for me to see any quarterback um, just like playing his way into that spot. But um, so I'm leaning no on that one. All that to say, I'm I'm leaning no. Uh, will Michigan, and that's without. I mean, if there's injuries, of course that's different. But I'm saying like all things being equal. Okay, so w- this is the <laughs> the one I pr- probably should have put last, but whatever. Will Michigan beat Ohio State? No, not a chance in I mean, hell, right? And not not only no, yeah, no shot. I, I just don't see it happening this year again i think both those questions are interesting and i don't know if we need to write this down or how we're going to remember but i would like to do this again you know a few weeks in even maybe because i think we'll know more and it'd be it'd be cool to answer these but yeah as of now unless ohio state looks average or michigan somehow looks really good i give them a zero percent chance to win that game that is interesting an interesting idea Maybe like three or four games into the season, we'll revisit these because none of these are going to be like outdated after a few weeks. That's a great right. idea, Derek. We will revisit all of these and see how we feel then. Um, of course, my answer is no. I, I've made that clear uh, for um, like all off season and years. <laughs> You've made that clear for years. I mean, we've we've done game predictions before. You know, any time we've podcasted that's previewed a game, we've always kind of went with 
you know, who we thought and, and sometimes even a score. I I don't know that you've ever picked Michigan over Ohio State since we've been doing Lots this. Of, I probably have because yeah, I'm a bonehead and, are. and my heart gets the best of me, which is why I'm answering these questions. Yeah, I mean, that's that's the fun of it. And and I, I can't off the top of my head remember if I have picked Michigan to beat Ohio State. I feel like I would have, you know, like like since we've been doing this even. But um, definitely not this year. I mean, Michigan... I this is an exaggeration, but only slightly. Like Michigan could be eight and three going into that game, and Ohio State could be uh, five and six, and I would still pick Ohio State, just because. Like okay, <laughs> just because. Now, see, now we're getting into that territory where exactly like I said, you know, if they look average or bad, then I think. I go from a 0% chance to at least like a, I would hope if Michigan had the better record and looked like the better team that I'd feel the confidence to put them at 51%. Michigan also looked like the better team in 2018. Right? Yeah. True. So. No. With Ohio State's bad loss that year, was that Purdue that year? I think Purdue. And then they almost lost to Maryland. Yeah, right before and could have could have could have lost. Oh, what would have been the two point conversion or whatever? Yeah. Oh gosh. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I I doubt we'll see. You know, Ohio. State I just gotta see have it. A season that bad. That's all. I just but, gotta see it. Okay. Yeah, zero percent as of now. You can ask me again in a few weeks, a few games in, and maybe I'll move up to about one or two percent. But yeah, zero percent. Okay. Will Michigan have more than nine interceptions? And to give you a little bit of context here, what I did was I went back to 2019, the last full season, and I sort of pulled these numbers from like what happened then. So um, I can't remember if that 2019 team had exactly nine interceptions, but that's kind of how I came to these numbers. So, so will they have more than nine interceptions? I'm going to go yes. I think that the defense this year, although they might not be as good as some of the peak down Brown years, I think that they're going to be better at confusing the opposing quarterback, or at least that's my hope. So I think this could be a year where, you know, maybe that secondary, maybe that linebacking core just puts themselves in better positions to pick off the ball. I think there's been a lot of, obviously, a ton of man-to-man coverage. You've seen a lot of batted balls and a lot of, you know, great cornerback play. I think with the defense looking a little different, I, I think it could be a, you know, an interception-friendly uh, defensive scheme, you know, just having the ball go to the wrong place, or in Michigan's case, the right place into the arms of a defender. I think I think plus nine there, I think I'd go higher than nine. See, I don't know if it'll be an interception-friendly defense, but um, I do agree that just based on like what we're seeing come out of, of practice right now, yeah, this seems like a defense that could coax a few quarterbacks into making dumb mistakes. And so even if right. it's not like a great defense, um, you can still you know, hopefully expect that the multiple looks... Uh, perhaps better pressure up front will just get a few quarterbacks to like make a dumb mistake and Michigan can take advantage of that. Like if we look back at the end of the season and are able to say like half of the interceptions, okay, clearly like the quarterback just 
uh, was rushed here or clearly he got confused, whatever. This wasn't necessarily like lockdown defense creating turnovers. Um, they're all the same still. And I think that's where like the more possibilities lie with this defense because that back end, like Michigan in my mind is fairly well set at safety corners are a totally different story. Um, I just, I don't see like a ton of, I don't see this team um, creating a ton of turnovers, but you know, maybe, maybe a few fall their way here and there. So uh, sticking to defense, will Michigan have more than 30 sacks? 30 30 seems high i feel like you know i was gonna say with the interceptions it'd be one it'd be curious to do a case study on like shea patterson seasons how many of his interceptions thrown were you know forced by a defense or, or just him making a mistake you know compared to a guy just making a better play with sacks you know you have a guy like aiden hutchinson on the team who in a full healthy season could get a sack a game and, and I mean, probably should if he's as good as, as they, they're saying he is and if scouts are, are truly drooling over him. So I think, again, with a different defensive scheme, different defensive coaches, if they can do a better job at putting, you know, solid defensive linemen, defensive ends in positions to excel, I think, yeah, I, I could see it. Um, but I'm going to say no for this one because I said yes for the last one. But, yeah, if you see a season where Aiden Hutchinson's getting eight to ten sacks – you know, I just think of what Quiddy Pay was able to do, um, really not put in a position to shine last year. He was still able to to create some pressure. Uh, I think a guy like Aiden Hutchinson's just too talented to, to keep out of the backfield. Um, and once he starts getting those double, triple teams, uh, I think, yeah, there's going to be other guys, linebackers included, and even some corner blitzes that are going to get in there for some sacks. 30 seems a little high. Again, I don't have the context of how many maybe we're total in the 2019 season. Uh, but I'm going to say I'll go low for that. I don't think they'll quite reach 30. I think the total was like 33-ish. But that was Quiddy Pay had six and a half. Josh Uche had seven and a half. And Jordan Glasgow had five. That's why I'm going lower here too. Like I, Michigan just doesn't have like those three guys in my opinion um now they could like it could be the middle of the season and we're like dang like michigan uh, is really getting after the quarterback and i guess i wouldn't be all that surprised but just based on like what we know about this team right now i don't see a bunch of sack getters out there i, th- I think it's you know gonna be on the lower end of that but the big deal here is uh you know not necessarily how many times are you bringing the quarterback down? But how many times are you making that quarterback uncomfortable, forcing him out of the pocket, making him make throws on the run, speeding up his progression because you're, you know, constantly in the backfield, those sorts of things, uh, you know, much more difficult to, to represent on a stat sheet. But, you know, going back to our interceptions conversation, like those are the things that can still create turnovers, uh, you know, still force an offense to become stagnant because they're just not sure uh you know how how they're gonna send their quarterback back there and like you know sit there for three seconds and and read the field and make a good throw so um lower on the sacks but i think there's still definitely a lot of potential there to do 
other things that are less than a stack, but still very effective. So my last question for you, Derek, and this is sort of to round it all out. Will Michigan win more than eight games? You know, Long eight is kind of where... Pause. Okay. Yeah, I think eight is kind of where I saw Michigan finishing this season. And to be honest, I hadn't really determined whether or not I wanted that to include the bowl game. So here's what I'll do. On the spot, I'm going to say... Yes, I think eight regular season wins. Uh, they find a way to win the bowl game finally to get some momentum going into a new season. Hopefully, they take a little bit of pressure off of Harbaugh, even though you know a, a full pressureless situation will never exist until he makes slash probably wins the college football playoff if that ever were to happen. I say, yeah, I say, give him nine wins this season. Uh, a little, a little hopeful, a little optimistic, but. I think the schedule, if you can handle business early on and just basically hold it together in that last month of November, you can afford a couple of losses. Again, I don't think this is a playoff team. I don't think anyone thinks it's a playoff team, but I think it's all about building momentum, showing that new coaches have, have done good things with young players and, and just give a little bit of hope, maybe even at the quarterback situation. I think that goes all the way back to J.J. McCarthy starting. If that dude truly is the future, you're going to see him start. And I think you're going to see, you know, even an eight, nine win season be something that's maybe doesn't make Michigan fans happy. Maybe doesn't take the pressure off a of Harbaugh or, or, or change kind of the, the national narrative. But I think it gives you a little bit more hope and promise heading into 2022. If you can see some positive things happen and know that a young core is coming back. So I'll go, I'll go nine wins this season, including the bowl game. Okay, see, I feel like you're cheating a little bit by including the bowl game. I didn't even have that in mind when I was thinking about this. You didn't set the rule. See, the problem <laughs> is when you don't give me any prep, you don't really get to establish the rule, so I made you're right. myself. You're right. That's. I mean, that's fair. That's fair. That's a nice liberty to take. Um, here's what I'm thinking, and I, I, this is something we talked about maybe last week or two weeks ago, but there is so much... Like for, for the amount of weight we put on the win total, it totally matters who you beat and who you lose to. So if Michigan is nine and three, and those losses come to Ohio State, Wisconsin, and like Penn State, that's gonna feel different than if uh, uh that's gonna feel different than a nine and three season where the losses are to Ohio State uh i don't know nebraska and washington you know for example like so i i think to make this a little more complicated than it probably needs to be i'm gonna say no that michigan will not win more than eight games and i i also i don't think it'll be like an impressive win loss record either like at eight and four I think you're losing to Ohio State, Penn State, uh, Wisconsin, and like take your pick between Indiana and Washington. You know, like that's that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. And if if that's the eight and four season that we're looking at at the end of the at the end of the year, like that's going to be very unimpressive. And the off season talk when it comes to Jim Harbaugh, I don't think will be all that different than it was this past off season. So. 
That's where I yeah, am. I and I know you, that's I a little depressing. Some, I think you make some good valid points there. I would say if you factor in the bowl game, and the only reason I factor in the bowl game is because that's a, been a glaring issue under you know the Harbaugh era at Michigan uh, with him at, at the head ball coach position. So, you know, I think a acceptable slash, you know, borderline good season is a 10 win season and you can throw a bowl game win in there. You know, because that's nine regular season games, meaning you're still you're still dropping three regular season games. Um, but you you know you can kind of complete the season and maybe rebound, and maybe that's the JJ McCarthy start. Maybe that's the hey, you know, we're not playing for much. Um, let's let the young guy get in there and prove to us why he comes back as the starter in 2022. So maybe that's the the JJ start. Who knows? But I I think that. Yeah, if, if you look at eight regular season wins or less, you know, the four blemishes never looks good no matter who it is. And really outside of Ohio State, and we don't want to see Michigan lose Ohio State ever. It's just likely to happen. Like we said, we think they have a 0% chance to win that game. <laughs> if it's two losses, you know, Ohio State, understandable. You know, you probably lose to Penn State or Wisconsin, you know, maybe Indiana, Washington, like you said. I think – we can accept that and, and probably for the most part be okay, if not even happy with that. But yeah, that eight win total uh, plus even nine for the bowl game for me, I think it doesn't look good, but I, I think that there are some people out there who are expecting Michigan to be worse than that. So I'm not trying to say that, you know, eight regular season wins is enough. And, and by winning the bowl game, Harbaugh should be super safe. Let's keep this thing going another year or two. I just think that when you're coming off of a two and four season where it legitimately looked like Michigan was not going to win another game, whether they played them or not, I think they were going, they were going to end last season with two wins. They just happened not to play their final games. I, I think two wins was the max last season. So if you can come back and win, you know, a good enough percentage of your games is better. It's a rebound season. Again, I, I think that putting the the win total at nine or ten for the regular season seems high. I don't know that we should expect any team coming off of as poor of a season as Michigan's had with so many unproven players. You know, should they be talent wise? Should they be better than that? Yes, but I mean, this some of the same talent that was on the team last year. Uh, yeah, won two games out of out of the six they tried. So I would say you at least have to have eight regular season wins. I think they could get to nine. Um, you know, 10 would be incredible, but likely not to happen. But if you can, if you can keep that loss column from going over three, um, or at least keep it at four, even if that's a bowl loss, I think it's better in, in the overall kind of reception to the season is better, um, than last year. I think, I think last year has to be the low of low. If it's not, then we are absolutely doomed and likely screwed as Michigan fans. <laughs> but I just don't see it being worse than last year. I don't think, yeah, we're not super thrilled with eight wins total, including bowl season. But, yeah, it's I guess that's still technically an improvement. And for me, it's how did you look in November? How did you fare against Ohio State? How did you look in the bowl game? And assuming, you know, the, the, the young guys come back, does this team actually look like a team that could be preseason ranked in 2022? So, yeah, I think the long play here is figuring out the pieces that work, both player and coach-wise. And I would assume Harbaugh, unless he blows up this season, gets another shot next year. Um, so at some point, if you're not playing for the playoff, you're probably playing for 
you know, the, the, the next couple of, and, and potentially final years of the Harbaugh era. Okay, Derek. Um, that was a lot to digest and ending on potentially the final years of the Harbaugh era hit me kind of hard. I'm not going to lie, but sad. I, it is. Sad. I mean, some, some days it's sad. Some days you're blindly optimistic. Um, some days you kind of waver between those things. It's all part of the Michigan fan experience. But like we said, uh, and thank you, Derek, for the bright idea that, and I know people usually say that sarcastically. I did not mean that sarcastically. It just, when I, when it came out, I was like, oh crap, but we will revisit. (laughs) Good. We will revisit these questions, uh, in like the, the first part of the season after we've seen a few games, I think that'll be kind of fun. Uh, we'll, we'll come back and listen to this and think like, holy crap, I'm, I'm incredibly stupid or we'll think, okay, um, I need to, you know, go get some lottery tickets or I need to find a another job where I can put my big brain to use. I don't know. It'll be fun either way. Of course, there's so much to ponder, uh, so many unknowns. And and I still hope for you, because I know this is the case for me, uh, anticipation for the upcoming season. We're getting closer. There's a lot to look forward to, even though, you know, sometimes it feels like it's uh, sort of a bummer. You're, you know, Michigan as a program is not where you want them to be. I get all of that and I share those feelings with you. But uh, at the end of the day, man, it's college football. So there's there's always that. Your team may not be great. Uh, your coach may be on the hot seat, but it's college football nonetheless. So take care until we see you next time. Go Blue. Go Blue.